I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we will first start with Wisconsin basketball. We'll break down the, uh, well, let's just call it what it is, the ugly loss to Penn State on the road uh, from Saturday afternoon. Uh, Really a struggle for the Badgers in a lot of different areas. You know, our conversation these last few weeks with this team has been two steps forward, one step back. Well, they didn't make it uh, the, the full two steps. So we'll get into all that, break down what the Badgers need to do to Rebound, again, against Penn State later this week. And then in the back half of the show, rather than a position preview, we've actually got an interview. It's been a while since we've had one, but the Badgers picked up a commit from 2020-2022 quarterback Miles Burkett out of Franklin, Wisconsin, in-state three-star kid. Uh, We're going to have him on the show uh, just to talk about his recruitment, talk about his commitment to the Badgers, uh, get into his game a little bit, our usual interview. I think you guys will really enjoy that. Like I said, it's been a little bit since we've had some recruits and and commits on, so it'll be a a fun conversation with Miles. Matt, how are you today? Doing great. Yeah, I I think it'll be nice. I I think you'll like the interview with with Miles. He's a good kid, um, and it's, it's nice to get back talking about recruiting and talking about, uh, you know, things moving forward in the recruiting calendar as hopefully um, players are going to be able to start going on visits this spring. Um, but overall, yeah, that, that basketball game was uh, less than stellar, and I know we got to talk about it. So um, <laughs> let's let's jump into that. Yeah, yeah, we don't have a choice, unfortunately, in that matter. And, and really, this coming into that game, it, it was a big game for Wisconsin. We've talked about it. It's, it's been the mantra, like I said in the beginning, the last couple of weeks, two steps forward, you know, a step back for this team. They pick up the win against Maryland, kind of right the right the wrongs in that game. wasn't their best game, but uh, again, a win is a win in this conference. Came into this one, first half really wasn't so bad, but it, to, the Badgers really needed to keep pace and, and try to move forward, and, and just kind of fell flat on their face. Um, 81 to 71. Normally for Wisconsin, or for Wisconsin basketball team, 71 points should win you a game. What did you take away from that contest overall, and, and what do you think was was kind of going on for the Badgers in that game? You know, we, we talked about it uh, in the, the show earlier in the week, talking about what might be happening, and messaged or talked about just how good the guards were for Penn State. Um, this isn't a team that has played up to the caliber that they have um, on their roster, but it, and they've lost some close battles. But their guards came to play, and they – thoroughly outplayed um, Brad Davis and Dimitri Trice, it, as well as Jonathan Davis. Those three um, were were unable to stop Myron Jones, Isaiah Brockington, 
um, you know, Chamari Wheeler, some of the, some of their guards, they they went ahead and they did really good. Um, those three guys, those three starting guards, uh, combined for uh, 47 points. I mean, that's a lot of points from your backcourt. And Wisconsin just wasn't able to hang with that. Those guys blew by them, and and that really is, I think, what crushed them. Wisconsin's defense was not good enough to, to beat Penn State. The first half it was. Wisconsin was able to um, do a lot of nice things in the first half, played a good, good first half of basketball. But you saw that Penn State just was able to hang around. Every time the Badgers would, would you know, extend a little bit of a lead, you, you saw Penn State get right back into it. And in the end, Wisconsin um, faltered early in the second half, and Penn State went on a huge run, and, and from there it snowballed. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, you look at a team like this, and, and Penn State's probably a better basketball team than the record indicates. Um, but at the same time, this is a team that, and I know it's on the road in the Big Ten. You can come up with a lot of cliches to, to try and maybe mitigate some of the, the reasoning for the loss. But at the end of the day, this is a team that Wisconsin should have beat. They were favored to win, should have probably won that game if they just were able to pick it up a little bit on the defensive end. But when you let teams like Penn State hang around at home and, and just keep it within, you know, that, that first half, they had a couple opportunities to extend leads. Like you said, with Penn State was able to make some shots. And then in that second half, it just seemed like, uh, everything was falling for, for the Nittany Lions. They were getting good looks, but at the same time, some of their looks were just, you know, prayers going up, end of shot clock or off balance shots and they were falling. So when you let a team that at least on paper isn't, isn't as good, isn't as experienced as you are hang around, that's what happens. And unfortunately for the Badgers, they, they just were not able to, to knock down a, enough shots, play good enough defense at the end of the day. Um, to win that game, and it comes down to a few possessions here and there that probably could have break their way, but at the same time, you know, Wisconsin really needs to, to try and clean some of that stuff up to avoid uh, these type of performances because we've talked about kind of the same three or four things with this team pretty much night in and night out. Even when they win games, it's, it's kind of you look at the same things that are, are still concerning, and, and they reared their head again uh, you know, for the Badgers on Saturday, and, and now they've got to clean some of that stuff up to – move forward and get ready for Penn State again um, because there's going to be some serious adjustments that need to be made. Uh, you know, Maybe some more shots will fall and maybe the defensive you know, effort will pick up a little bit at home, but this is still a team that's going to come into the Kohl Center now confident after beating you just a few days ago. Yeah, and, and the big thing was Wisconsin turned the ball over far too much, uh, finished the game with, with tied for the most turnovers that they've had all, all year long with 12. In fact, the last game that they had 12 was against Maryland just the week uh, earlier in the week, and, and, and really that crushed them. You look at it, Penn State had 15 points off turnovers. They had 21 fast break points, and Wisconsin wasn't able to recover on that. Um, you know, Penn State wants to push tempo. They, they, they were doubling when Wisconsin went into the post sometimes. They put pressure on the Badgers, and Wisconsin didn't, uh, didn't stand up to that pressure. They, they kind of faltered at times. You know, that, that play in the, in the second half by Tyler Wall, who had a phenomenal first half. Like, he, he mm -hmm. had a great first half, and that was one of the, the shining moments to, of this game was his play in the first half to keep them afloat. But you saw after, in the second half he grabbed a rebound and uh, he, the uh, guard kind of tried to tap up behind him once and then and he was out of control and he got down the court and the guy ran up behind him and tapped him again and got it out. I mean, it was just – and it went down and, and Penn State hit a three. And that was, 
that was the second half to me. It, the whole second half was ugly, especially the first 10 minutes when they when they allowed Penn State to bury them and get up by 11 um, or 10, and, and you just can't do that. And Wisconsin, for all their experience, to, to be dealing with turnovers, to allow another team to dictate tempo on you, and to um, allow a team to get out and, and run on you, and, and really just run you out the gym in the second half, that's just unacceptable for, um, you know, there's always that graphic that goes out to show that the Badgers are older than the Chicago Bulls. Uh, and, and just, you, you can't let that happen. There's there's too much on the line when you're playing a 5-7 and seven team on the road. Yeah, I think that's the most frustrating part. You know, if this was a, you know, a young team and, and they were trying to find their footing, you know, if they had a lot of underclassmen playing early, you could expect and, and maybe be a little bit more understanding of some of these issues. But this team has so much experience. It's played so much basketball. I mean, you look at the starting five. Like you said, the graphics are always there. Everyone knows how, you know, how much experience this team has and, and how good they were last year playing together. And everyone was back. The excitement's there. And so far this year, it's just been a, it's just been a season that they have not put together. They have not have shown... What, what you came into the season expecting to be able to rely on has not been something that, that they've been able to take advantage of. You know, they've, they've made a lot of silly mistakes. You know, the defensive effort has been lackluster most of the games out there, and it's just, uh, it's just been a really frustrating uh, season all in all. I mean, they've, played, they've had some moments, but they definitely haven't had a game that they've put it all together. So I think that's the most frustrating part is that you can talk about the, the ins and outs, the X's and O's, but at the end of the day, these guys are have played a lot of basketball. Some of these mistakes are are self-inflicted things they should be, you know, avoiding, and they're just not right now. And it uh, it really leaves you at the end of some of these games scratching your head and and wondering what is going on, given that these guys have played so much basketball and and not just so much basketball, so much basketball together that these type of things just should not be happening. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm we we're gonna hammer home defense because in this game that was the number one thing that's popped up. It's good, been popping up in every second half here, um, really for most of the season. You could go back all the way to that uh, Michigan game where you know that was pr- over maybe even before the second half, but um, that's where really the bludgeoning happened the most. But I, I think it was it was nice to hear Greg Gard in the post game call that out and just say. Mm-hmm. These guys eventually have got to start playing defense. Like that, that's going to be our calling card. That's how we are going to win, win football games and uh, football games, basketball games. And right now, they're not playing a good enough brand of basketball and defense that for this team to win. They are not going to outscore people running up and down the court. They need to dictate the tempo. They need to play strong defense. That's what they did so well last year down the stretch, and they're not playing anywhere near that level of defense right now, and it's continuing to be an issue night in and night out. Yeah, like like I said at the beginning, you know, 71 points, you know, in most Wisconsin basketball teams of, of the past and even, you know, last year and, and probably should be this year, should win you most games, uh, you know, just given what UW normally does on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, that's that's the way they want to play, and, and unfortunately right now they're just not doing it. I mean, there's just been possession after possession, and really, you know, it's it's kind of been – it's usually the second half. You know, the first half is, is okay. I mean, they made some tough shots. They had some mistakes, but you're getting into the flow of the game. But the second half, the, this Wisconsin team comes out, and it's just flat. The energy's not there. Was, or Penn State seemed to be a team that was, was getting the loose balls, getting the rebounds, and then, you know, taking advantage of the turnover. So 
Is there anything specifically that you noticed in yesterday's game uh, that you know on the defensive end that was a struggle, or was it just kind of ugliness? Because I couldn't really pinpoint something specific. Like you know, in in past games we talked about interior defense, but this game it just seemed like everyone was just out of position and it was just a bad effort all around. Uh, it was it was the it was the defense from the two guards. It was mm-hmm. Demetrius Trice. It was Brad Davison. They flat out sucked at defense in this game. It was really bad. They got blown by on multiple occasions by by Jones and Brockington, who are quicker guards, like no doubt. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that they need to be better, and they both have been better at times in their careers. Brad Davison fouled out um, in that in that game, and, and neither one of them did much of anything on the offensive end to help this team out. If you're not going to help the team on the defensive end and you're not going to make your shots on the offensive end, they were 2 of 11 combined, what are you doing out there? Uh, They got thoroughly outplayed by the guards of Penn State, and that was the defining thing to me. Um, Wisconsin's interior defense was okay. Um, It it wasn't great. Like, it's not – that wasn't something that you're like, man, they really played well in that. John Harrar did did some nice things Um, in the second half. They did really good against him in the first half. But um, you look at it, and the Badgers had five blocks near the rim. They were doing some good things to protect the rim um, and outscored Penn State in the paint by 10. But you cannot allow your guards to just get beat consistently and let them get into the paint, get past, because it opened up um, outside shots for Penn State and opened up mid-range jumpers for them because they were just blowing by those two all day long. And I, I think for me that's what stood out – um, the most, as well as free throws, because those guys were aggressive and taking the ball to the rim, they got the calls they, and they went to the line and, and they made their, their free throws. Badgers shot eight, Penn State shot 25. Now, part of that is at the end when the Badgers were, were following, but it was, it was something that was popping up all game long that Penn State was getting to the line. Wisconsin didn't get to the line until nearly the, the very end of this first half. Yeah, and and that's the frustrating part of that too is with with the guard and you know to play defensively. Normally, Demetri Trice and Brad Davison are, are pretty solid defenders. You know, Trice is normally coming out and, and putting in buckets on the offensive end, and then and usually guarding you know one of the top guards um, you know for the team. And, and night in and night out, there's a lot of good guards. So Trice is normally putting in a lot of effort on the defensive end, and it just wasn't there uh, yesterday, Saturday afternoon for the Badgers. Davison can be a little bit streaky of a defender. There's some games where he's just he's on a guy like Glue. Maybe it's just the matchup and, and you know him feeling comfortable, but there's some games where he just kind of is, like you said, getting blown by. You know, It wasn't like anything that, that he was out of position or anything like that. He just was getting you know beat, you know, caught flat-footed, caught on the back of his heels a lot. So that part is frustrating because, again, you know, these guys are, have played a lot of basketball. We keep harping on it, but uh, the, it shouldn't have happened. Um, and, and unfortunately, it keeps happening. And now they've got to get ready for you know that round two because Greg Gard can make all the adjustments you want and and you know tinker all these things in the game plan. But if you're going to just get beat, you know by you know man, you're playing man defense and you just get beat and burnt the way that those two were at times. There's not a lot that Greg Gard can do to adjust that. And, and granted, there are some things that they can change, but at the same time. You know, just picking up collectively on the defensive effort is, is going to be the main thing to watch for as they get ready for this rematch. Oh, for sure. I, th- I think you look at it, we've t- we talked about that this was an important stretch for the Badgers. They got a big win on the road against Maryland. Huge letdown game at Penn State. I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting that the Badgers were going to go in there and get beat by 10. Um, but now you got it. It's a must-win must, must win 
on Tuesday against Penn State in the rematch because you've got back-to-back road games at Illinois and at Nebraska coming up. And the Badgers right now are only 3-3 three and three on the road. Uh, so Wisconsin's going to have their work cut out for them um, over the next couple of games because it gets only harder from there when you've got Michigan and Iowa in the following two games afterwards. So I, I think it, it comes down to defense, and I would imagine that defense is – going to be what they're going to be working on the entirety of, of practice. I, I know uh, when we had terrible defensive efforts, that's that's all you did. We didn't even mess around with the ball other than the scout team practicing, passing it around and, and cutting on us. It, it should, it's going to be defensive effort and practice for the next uh, two days to, to get them ready for that game because that's what lost them the game, and especially in the in the opening ten minutes of the second half. Yeah, yeah, it it's really comes down to that. Like, we've talked all defense, and, you know, we can talk a little bit offensively here, but it really wasn't all that bad. I think the big thing was, of course, with the turnovers we talked about a little bit and the missed threes. I mean, this team is, is really struggling from the for, – for a team that's struggling to, to not to make threes, they sure like taking a lot of them. I mean, 7 of 28, that's probably – more than you want to see from them if they're falling. You know, some nights it's it's good for the Badgers to to keep hoisting them, but at the same time they're sometimes getting a little over-reliant on that three-point line, especially coming into this game. Um, you know, Penn State was, as I was looking at some numbers before, uh, Penn State was giving up, I think the opponents were shooting 58% inside the three-point line. So I thought coming in, Wisconsin would really be able to take advantage of that with, with the likes of Trice and work it inside and, and all that. And just wasn't happening. So the turnover's got to get cleaned up, and, and hopefully you get back to the Cole Center. Some of these threes are start falling because I think those two things on the offensive end are really hurting. You know, you scored 71 points and you missed 21 threes. If those start to fall, you're probably still in that game and in better shape. So what did you make of, of the Badger offense before we kind of round this conversation out? I mean, you look at it, and I think the forwards did their part. You saw a nice game from Nate Reavers, nice bounce-back performance when he put up 18 points, five rebounds, and did some really nice things with Potter on the bench with those fouls uh, for most of it. Um, and, and Tyler Wall had a really strong first half. Aleem Ford, really strong second half. Mm-hmm. So you look at it, those three, they, they, they did their part. 15 points from Ford, 13 points from Wall, 18 points from Nate Reavers. The rest of them, where are you? And, yeah. and that's that's you, you can't win basketball games when that's the case. You got to have a couple guys pop up and help you out from that guard position, um, especially uh, when you you look at it. And and Tristan Davison each had uh, three assists, but they also had two turnovers. And, and so this team had too many turnovers and and what didn't get enough out of guard, good guard play out of Tristan Davison to to give them a chance to win this game. And, and that's really what I think it comes down to in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, most nights out with, with those three, you know, the Ford, Reavers, and, and Wall stat line, you, you see that, you think, oh, you know, the Wisconsin, if you're getting numbers like that from them, they should be winning a basketball game. And unfortunately, when you get almost literally no production from the other, you know, spots and other guys on, on the bench, you know, with, with Potter working in and, and some of the other guys, it just, it, it just is a recipe to lose basketball games. So, you know, as you look forward to this Tuesday night contest, it's, it's not, anything overly complicated. It's going to be, you know, knocking down some more shots, but playing better defensively, uh, you know, hanging on to the basketball, and, and hopefully, um, you know, some, some more of those threes fall. And again, I think this team is a better shooting team than what the numbers indicate, and they'll start to fall. But if you clean up the defensive effort, you clean up the, the turnovers, you should be in a much better shape. So 
I, I hope that the Badgers can come out and, and rebound the way that they you know, want to and expect to because they really need this game Tuesday evening to keep themselves you know, kind of in contention for this Big Ten title. I know it's, it's feeling further and further out of reach, but with Michigan on pause, you've still got contests with Illinois and Iowa, so you're still in the hunt, but some things got to really start changing here quickly. And, and this little stretch was supposed to be where that fixed, and all of a sudden the, the narrative of this three-game stretch with Maryland and two against Penn State shifts to it would be nice to, to rattle off a few couple wins here in a row to a must-win game against a team that just beat you. Yeah, they're five and nine or five and four in their last nine games since taking down Michigan State in that big game on the road. Uh, it's it's not looking great for them right now. They've got to turn some things um, quickly if they want to right the ship and have a chance to 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 keep pace with some of the better teams in the conference. All right, guys. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we can say from that basketball game. Hopefully, our next episode out, we can uh, be talking about a Badger win versus a Badger loss. So. Uh, it's now time for our interview, but before we get to our interview with Miles Burkett, uh, we're going to get a couple quick ad reads out of the way, so bear with us through that, and then we'll have our interview with Miles. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by a very special guest, 2022 quarterback commit. Miles Burkett out of Franklin, Wisconsin, the most recent commit to the Wisconsin football program. Miles, thanks again for joining us, and congratulations on your commitment. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, too. Before we get into um, you know, the, the in-depth part of our interview, I always like to start with some easy questions. What do you feel are the strengths of your game as a quarterback and, and at the quarterback position? Um, uh, like I said, I think, uh, I think I'm a hybrid quarterback. Uh, I'm not really a dual threat. I'm not really the guy who's going to take off and run for 100 yards a game like Lamar Jackson. But I'm going to sit in the pocket and make throws and then make plays when I have to. And I think that's the strength of my game is my ability to make plays when a play is uh, broken down and uh, figure out something uh, after the play is either broken down or second read, third read. Uh, I feel like uh, my ability to make plays with my feet and extend plays is probably the thing that confuses defenses the most and uh, makes me a special player. Yeah, it's definitely hard for defenses when you can do that with both your arm and your and your legs. But what are some things that you're trying to improve upon, kind of on the flip side here, before you head to Madison? I guess um, primarily my whole life I've been a shotgun quarterback, playing a spread offense at Franklin. Uh, and obviously going to Wisconsin, I'll be playing in a pro style. So um, I'm comfortable under center and I'm comfortable in the pocket, but um, I'm always wanting to improve and I've always wanted to get better. So uh, probably getting better under center and in the pocket is probably going to be the two main things I'm going to work on in the next year before I get there. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to work on everything pretty much, footwork, uh, quicker release, uh, getting the deep ball good, second pro- progression throws, everything. Uh, I just always wanted to get better and always wanted to learn the game. So um, those are probably the things I'm going to want to improve on. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, well, well, fun story here. Um, so I noticed that you've been working with quarterback coach Jeff Tricky. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, ironically, I used to work with him back in the day when I played high school quarterback. Oh, yeah. A long while ago. <laughs> but uh, he's a great guy, and he's been doing it for a, a long time as well. Uh, what's been his message to you, and what have you learned from him? Uh, the one thing, I, the one thing I love about Coach Tricky the most is, uh, no matter how, no matter how high you get, no matter how far you go, uh, he's always gonna uh, want you to improve. Uh, he's never gonna be satisfied, no matter if I play at the biggest college or to make even to the NFL. Uh, he's always gonna want me to improve. So he's not gonna blow smoke up somebody's butt. He's always gonna want to help the player improve, and that's what he's done with me. Uh, as I progress as a player, and I've gotten more highly recruited, and now being Wisconsin commit, I texted him, and the first thing he says is, all right, now we got a lot of work to do. So uh, he's always taught me the never satisfied mentality, and it goes a long way when uh, I'm trying to become a better football player. You know, speaking of you know the Jeff Tricky camps, uh, you know, big, very popular among the, around the state. You grew up in the state of Wisconsin, obviously, and been a Badger fan, you know, your entire life. What kind of moment was that? Was it how was special was it to earn that scholarship offer from UW a while back now? Uh, it was huge for me and my family. Uh, it's a lot of hard work that went into it. Uh, I didn't really show my cards amongst the re- recruiting process, but Wisconsin was the one offer I wanted the entire time. So when I finally got it, it was like a huge weight off my back, and it was just a huge like excitement. And my like and me and my family, my mom was crying. Like everyone, it was just a huge time, a huge moment in my family and my life. So um, it was definitely uh, an exciting time yesterday. I know me and my family, we, it was my mom's birthday. It was like, she said it was like the best day ever. So uh, me and my family, we're in a really good place and we're really excited to be Badgers. That's awesome to hear. Um, kind of now focusing on your recruitment, kind of how everything went uh, went down. What has it been like to get to know the UW staff and who have you been in contact with the most? Uh, so I was in contact the most with Coach Budmeyer. I know obviously he's taking the job at Colorado State, but uh, yeah, he recruited me heavy and he re- he recruited me a lot. But uh, I also talked to Coach Herring. Uh, he recruits uh, Wisconsin guys a lot, so he was pretty much the first guy on the staff that I talked to, and he was the first one to tell me like, you know, you're high on our board. You just gotta stay patient, stay patient. And uh, I I just stayed patient and waited and waited because I knew that the opportunity at Wisconsin was the best. So. Um, the first thing he texted me when I committed was, see, I told you, just stay patient. So um, getting to know the guys on the staff, Coach Chris, uh, Coach Rudolph, Coach Harry, uh, they're just a really good group of guys. They made me feel like it was home from the, from the get-go. So I knew when I made that commitment that it was the best decision for me and my family and my football career. You know, obviously, you mentioned Coach Bud Meyer and you know, him being your primary kind of recruiter and, and position coach and, and him leaving for Colorado State. Did that have any impact on your decision at all? And, and what has Coach Chris kind of talked to you about uh, the future of that position in the position room? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, was, I got pretty close to Coach Bumeyer. Uh He he was the one who recruited me mainly. But uh, I know, I like I told my family, I said I, I committed to University of Wisconsin, not Coach Bumeyer, because, you know, college football is a business. And he had a greater opportunity uh come to him, and he took it. So uh, he's he's very deserving of the job. But at the end of the day, um, I want to come do something special at Wisconsin. Uh, Coach Chris, he called me the day that he took the job. And he just told me, like, everything's okay. Like, we're going to find a new coach or he's going to take over and coach the quarterbacks and uh, everything's good on their end. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, if Coach Chris takes over or if there's a new quarterback coach and whoever it is, uh, I'm looking forward to building that relationship right away. 
How exciting is that, that your future head coach, Paul Chris, is the former quarterback himself and has a tremendous amount of experience as a quarterback coach in the past? Um, it's definitely a great thing for me as a quarterback, uh, having your head coach and such a head coach uh, and Coach Chris, and he's one of the best in the country to be a former quarterback and be a really good uh, quarterback developer uh, for my future in football. Uh, it's always going to help me immensely. Uh, I know my goal is to make it to the NFL, and uh, I feel like I put my co- uh, my trust in Coach Chris to help me get there, and uh, I feel like he's the best guy to do it in, in the country. So that's why I'm super confident in uh, becoming a Badger and uh, learning from the coaching staff. Now you had a bunch of, of MAC offers and other offers leading into your decision. Um, what were some of the other schools that, that recruited you pretty hard outside of Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I know MAC schools were recruiting me pretty hard. Um, Iowa was recruiting me pretty hard, Washington, um, Arkansas State, some schools around the country. But uh, I just knew from the from the, from the the get-go that uh, Wisconsin was the one. So um, once I got the offer a week and a half ago, I kept it quiet. Uh, schools were still reaching out, and I just try to be respectful. But um, I knew that I was uh, 100% on Wisconsin. All right, so now that you are the first commit in the 2022 class, you know, after Braylon uh, reclassified, um, now that you're committed, have you already started putting on your recruiting hat and getting after some other guys to help join you? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been getting after guys in-state, nationally, all over. Uh, I'm trying to put together a really good class, and me being the first commit it kind of falls on my shoulders for the for the time being, but uh trying to get some guys with me so they can help me out and uh, put together a really good class. I know uh, trying to get the in-state guys, uh, Joe, Carson, uh, Isaac, Billy, get them all to come with me. Those are some really good players and uh, keep the best uh, in the state at home. And that's my goal. And then also expand nationally and try to get the, the other guys to come buy into what we're trying to do and win some national championships. That makes sense. What's your relationship like with some of those other uh, in-state kids? You know, we've talked to a lot of them on here on the podcast um, a while back, but what's your relationship like with those guys? Yes, we have, we have the highly sought-after group chat with uh, with us and uh, Braylon. And, uh, Braylon started about a year ago. Uh, he kind of wanted us to get together because Braylon kind of knew he was going to go to Wisconsin. He's like, well, you know, what if we all went to Wisconsin? Like that'd be super. Like that'd be sick, and we can do like we can win a national championship for the home for the home state and be home state heroes and all that. And he said like he kept his word when he went, and I know I just kept my word. So uh, the four of them, hopefully they keep their word and they they come do something special with us. But uh, our relationship is good. We got really close. Uh, you know, for the state of Wisconsin that doesn't really put out super highly ranked players. Uh, we're all kind of in the same boat. There's not that many people to relate to in the state, so we can all relate to each other. And so we just um, automatically just kind of develop relationships amongst each other. And I say we're all pretty close, and uh, we're all excited to see what the future holds. That's a that's a great answer. Um, one last question here. Uh, I was wondering, so have you had the chance to talk to some of the other quarterbacks in the room and, and get to pick their brain, talk to guys like Graham Mertz and um, even Jack Cohn, who's now off to Notre Dame, and, and Deacon Hill, who's going to be coming in? Yeah, so actually me and Deacon, uh, we, we've gotten pretty close over the last two weeks. I know we text and we talk all the time. Uh, and sometimes it's not even about football stuff. So I know I've tried to uh, develop a really good relationship with him, and I've talked to Graham here and there. 
Um, but he, I even t- he talked to me after uh, Coach Bud uh, left, and he told me we're all going to be good. So um, definitely having those guys um, uh, have my back right away, and even before I even get there, is a is a huge advantage. So I'm looking forward to get up there and uh, building my relationship with those guys. Yeah, that's uh, awesome for Badger fans to hear. I know uh, a lot of guys are excited about the future of that quarterback position with yourself and, and Graham and, and Deke in that way. So it should be a, a fun future for the for the Wisconsin Badgers and that football program. So, Miles, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Congrats again on uh, the commitment and, and good luck in your upcoming seasons uh, as you get ready to go to and, and head over to Madison. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you later in the week, and as always, on Wisconsin.